Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. Coming live from LA, I'm Robbie Musto and he's Robbie Earl. And here are today's topics. Middlesbrough, my Middlesbrough, shocked Manchester United by winning 8-7 on penalties in the FA Cup. Leicester City humiliated at the city ground, conceding four to Nottingham Forest. Kepa saves Chelsea in extra time versus Plymouth. Frank Lampard has a perfect start to his managerial reign at Everton. And our thoughts on this January transfer window. All that coming up in today's episode. Well, first of all, my friend, um, mm-hmm. you've got to say where we're at. We're doing yep. the Premier League coverage this week from the Super Bowl, from the SoFi mm-hmm. Stadium in Los Angeles. Yes, not, not a horrible trip to come on, Rob. We're, we, we're, about, we're here for the whole week. Again, yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of course, the Saturday, Sunday, usual Premier League live shows. Um, mm. So that's great. I will apologize if our sound isn't great. We're literally, yeah. if, if you watch it on YouTube, you can see we're in we're in like a shed just outside the stadium. Which, which <laughs> it's not, it's not a shed. It's a purpose-built outside. building. It's a purpose-built two Robbie's building. It's not a shed. <laughs> Top quality uh, studio, actually. That's Correct. what it is. Top quality um, wooden studio on the outskirts yeah, so of, of the stadium. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a struggle, but we'll, we'll do the best that we can. But let's talk yeah. football, my friend. Yeah, yeah. And the FA I Cup. knew you'd want to talk football, and I knew you'd want to talk about my Middlesbrough, because my Middlesbrough had a pretty good day, my friend. Well, they did, and uh, I don't know. You know, I don't get to see them as much as I'd like to get to see them. Uh, obviously, I was there a long time, 12 years at the club. Mm. Things move on. It's a long time ago now. We know there's been different managers there. Same owner, Steve Gibson's trying to get the team promoted again. Chris Wilder, Robbie Earl. Mm. It seems and it's early yet that this could be the real deal. And I think we know all about the manager from his time with Sheffield United. And he's building something at Middlesbrough. And the team is different. It's built differently. It plays differently to Neil Warnock. Um, they've got some good players coming into the side now. And yes, they got a little bit lucky at times when you'd expect Manchester United to score and Ronaldo missed a penalty, which yeah. is pretty rare occurrence, I'd have to believe. Um, and they defended very, very well. And the penalties were were, were tremendous. Tremendous penalties yeah. from both teams. Um, I think it was Anthony Alonga that missed Rob at the end there. Yeah, and Alonga, yeah. To the next round of the FA Cup. So a wonderful, wonderful day. Wonderful scenes in the stands with the Middlesbrough fans. People locally in the US, I know, are Borough fans. Absolutely yeah. loved it as well. It's not great for uh, for Manchester United, Rob, in terms of their mm. one step forward under Ralph Rangnick and then yeah. two steps backwards. Um, the one thing I think I just, you know, we can necessarily get into the details of the game, but there was a, the, the Middlesbrough goal was very controversial, Rob, in terms of yeah. handball again. And, we, and it rears its ugly head now and again, and the rules have changed. Um, and I promise to everybody that I am not being biased in any way. <laughs> And you're laughing, but I'm not. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought yeah. it was okay. Yeah. Can I just explain real quick, Rob, and I'll let you come back in? So the rule change happened where I think the last year, Rob, then then you couldn't control the ball or score a ball, score a goal with the hand. Yeah. Or basically, you know, assisting you, you know, when it's hit your hand, you cross it, somebody else scores. That wasn't allowed. The, the rules no. changed where it's kind of getting a bit silly. You know, we were looking, remember we were looking at handballs way... Yeah, back. Declan Rice on the halfway line. And yeah, then he, it was a Van Dijk one as well. Yeah. But that was changed so mm. that, you know what, forget about all that. If you score with a hand or, you know, you control it's, it and then yeah. score the same player, yeah. then it's not okay. Mm-hmm. That changed. So that's, this yeah. wasn't the case. This was Duncan Watmore. Uh, the, the ball... So, so anyway, so the rule changed. So that wasn't... It wouldn't get disallowed because of that. It's then, okay, normal. Is it a handball? Yeah, yeah. Like you see yeah. in, in the day-to-day football. Of course, we mm-hmm. know the rules of the handball law. And you can interpret it in different ways. And people have. Um, it comes down to this, Rob. And, you know, I know they're all inside out. It's like, you know, I've read it a million times. It comes down to this. Did Duncan Watmore know what he was doing? Is yeah, there's any benefit, yeah. yeah. Granted, they were out to the side. Mm. But I would argue that in that case where he's kind of trying to control an awkward ball players' arms are going to go out. He controls it, Rob, off his foot. It deflects onto his arm. It's outstretched from his body. Yeah. The rule says, was it in an unnatural way? And we spoke to the PGMOL at the start of the season. They said, yeah. another way of looking at it, is it were the arms in an expected position, position. that yeah. particular play 
Yeah. And I'd have to say he knew nothing about what, what mm. happened. He flicked off his foot onto his arm. It wasn't a deliberate, here comes the ball, I'm going to put my yeah. arm out there. So that's why I thought it was okay. It looked bad, and, and I'm not yeah. sure the rule is perfect. And others mm. that would say, well, is it really natural position when he's got his arm so far away from his body? I get that. That's subjective. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, he was balanced. Both arms were out. Mm. He's just mm. trying to balance himself to control, control the, ball. the ball. Yeah. And, and I think that seemed to be the one that the most referees, I think ex-referees were asked about about that, that situation. Most referees were of the same opinion that his arms were sort of out helping him to control that the ball had, it did hit his arm, obviously. But he went on to a teammate. It wasn't that he hit his arm. He has the shot and he scores, which wouldn't have been allowed. So um, it's, it's maybe disappointing from Manchester United's point of view that they conceded the goal. I kind of feel in, in the, the remit of where we are with handball and the remit of the law as it's written, it kind of felt like it, it was the right result. And I know we, 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 we're going to move on to Manchester United, but just want to go back to Millsborough, Rob, because... Chris Wilder, I think, is a really interesting choice for, for Middlesbrough because we saw him at Sheffield United come in, finish ninth, playing great football, three at the back. We were convinced that, you know, they were going to be here for a little while under Wilder in the group and it all fell away a little bit. And, you know, he, he lost his job and was out of work for a little while. And I just get the sense, Rob, with him and what we know about him a little bit. We've heard, you know, interviews. We know people who've, who've worked with him. It almost feels like he's a, he's a good fit for Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough... Seems to me like a bit of a blue-collar, hard-working, do-the-job kind of football club. And Chris Wilder seems to me like he's that kind of manager who fits very nicely with what the team, the fans, and, you know, um, Gibson family really well in terms of what they're looking for their football club. Totally right. Totally right. And if you think back, every one of his jobs, he was actually at my... um... And my first club and the club that I supported as a kid, Oxford United, did a brilliant job, Chris Wilder, Oxford United, really way back at the start for him. And every job he's taken since then, he's done a really good job. So, you know, your stock certainly goes down when, you've, when you're in the public eye of the Premier League and a team gets relegated. Yeah. But I think it's, a, it's an excellent hire. I think there's other teams, Rob, and i got to say it, maybe some in the Premier League that have changed their manager that would love to have Chris Wilder. Well, Steve Gibson's tried lots of managers, yeah. lots and lots of managers. Maybe this time he's he's got the right guy at the right time. Again, they're, they're going to push for the playoffs. They can push for automatic promotion given yeah. the run that they're on right now. And, and of course, you know, I know all too well what a cup run does to a town. You know, we got to the FA Cup final in 97, Rob, uh, mm. this club, and it was the one of the best days in my career, even though it's one of the worst when you lose a game like that. And I went off injured with a blew my knee out after like 20 minutes or so. So it was a bit of a disaster. But still, mm. to be there and to play in an FA Cup final for me was incredibly special. And the fans will think, you know, maybe maybe they can go on a run again. So you're right. It, it is a it is a blue collar town. I've said it a million times. Some of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the country, in an area of the country that gets a little ignored, certainly under underestimators we, we do our usual underestimator stuff each week um a, a real top place tremendous memories my boys were born there um so yeah so good luck to middlesbrough mm. you're right chris wilder is a great hire mm. steve gibson will back his managers with money i just yeah. hope he lets the manager and the technical director there <clears throat> make the footballing decisions because that's what they're hired to do and chris what yeah. chris wilder rob is that personality that yeah. i think will persuade steve gibson to let me run this, let me decide who we get. And he loves a signing, Chris Wilder. They've had a couple yeah. of late signings. They've got the boy yeah. Felagun from, from Arsenal and a couple of others, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting times on Teesside. Yeah. And what a, what a day, you know, what a day. And the memories come back of an FA Cup run that we had at that club way back. And, uh, yeah, it, it, they, they rode the luck a little bit, mate. But yeah. that's what happens in the FA Cup. And that's why we love it. And I thought, in general, there's a couple of others we're going to talk about, Rob. But, yeah. you know, I mean, don't... Don't you love the FA Cup? Oh, I know it's, 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 it's yeah. lost her a little bit to some people, but for, yeah, but for I, real again, fans from England, I think over the last couple of years it's coming back, and we've seen some of those giant killings, and we've seen the big teams, and you know Millsbury get the the, the, the value of, of hosting Spurs in, in the next round, and, and deserve that. You, you just talked about managers, right place, right time, good fit. Let's talk about Manchester United. Let's talk about Ralph Ragnick. It's another competition now that they, they, they've bowed out of. 
pretty much leaves them Champions League and Premier League, sit fourth in the, in the Premier League. Difficult game. I think coming up against is Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, I think, later this month. Um, where are we with Mr. Ragnick? Where are we with the football club, Rob, as a whole, in terms of where they where they are? Maybe what business was or wasn't done into the transfer window, we'll maybe discuss a little later. But where are we with Manchester United? This is a shock, Rob. This is a competition they could do with winning this year. Oh, are Manchester United ready to win anything right now? And they're not. Um, it's really disappointing. There's no getting away from it. It's a, it's a poor, at Old Trafford, you can't find a way to get past. Listen, I've got all the respect in the world for Middlesbrough, yeah. but, a, but a championship team, you're at home, you've got a strong team out there. They, they missed chances, Rob. They could have been three or yeah. four goals up. Yeah. Ronaldo missed the penalty. Just one of those freak days. And then, of course, it sets all the doom and gloom uh, merchants into play. Everybody's fed up with United again. Where are we going? What's this guy doing? Do the players respect him? Is he going to be there in a few months' time? And and everything starts to unravel in some ways. And the media start to pick up, Rob. And they start to pick out things about Jesse yeah. Lingard's words. And he yeah. said this and he yeah. said that. Well, I, There's, a, there's a lot coming out of the football club at the moment, isn't there? There's a lot of stuff coming out of this football club at the moment. Well, what do you think to that, Rob? Because you know what? You know what I think? I don't care. I don't care what he said, um, she said, he said this, he said that. People I care, mean, Rob, because this is, this is the challenge. This is the opportunity, in some respects, of what Manchester United are, Rob. They're the biggest club in England. And the biggest club in England, when you're not winning games, is going to start chittle-tattle and gossip and talk. And we've had... Anthony Martial's suggesting that the manager said he didn't want to play and he did. And Jesse Lingard's coming out saying that he was told to have a rest and he didn't want one. And we see this this is what happens, Rob, when you're at Manchester United and you do not win games. You go one nil up against a championship club in the FA Cup and you do not see the job off. This is part of what goes with the territory. Now, as to whether Ralph Rangnick is the right guy, he's in the job t- till the summer. So he is the right guy for now because he has to do what he has to do to make a make sure they're at least in a Champions League spot, and if he can go as deep as he can now in in, in the Champions League, um, does it bother me? It doesn't. Listen, I'm not a Manchester United fan, so you probably should ask them. What 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 does bother me is there seems more drive to tickle tackle and things than there is to win games. Clubs with all with this much noise are clubs that aren't winning anything. I'll tell you that now. You don't win things with this much noise coming out of your football club. And and, and it's not helping the current manager in the current situation, no. Rob. No. And I don't know about you, I sense, like, in general, there's a, a bit of a negativity around this guy mm. and why he's there and how long he's going to be there and almost like waiting for it to fall off a little bit. I'll tell you how I, how I see it, right? And this is... It's just how I see it. And I've probably mentioned it before. The last game against West Ham, they win 1-0. Not great. I understand that. But again, they're playing differently. They're playing more as a compact team. And they're trying to win the ball better, back better without it. That's got better. The results, maybe not against the strongest opposition, mm-hmm. haven't been bad under Ralph Ragnick. And it's because they're more of a team now. And the likes of, of, of Rashford... Bruno, uh, Sancho are being asked to play as a team and they're coming back to help the fullbacks. They're coming inside to help the midfield players. It's different. And, and you've got to have that discipline. It's not the United of, of Oli towards the end where people run where they want to run. They don't want to get back and help. And you get the 4-3, you know, two knobs down, come back, like this wildness. It's different. And I'll tell you this, Robert, I'll throw it back to you with this question. I think I mentioned it before. They're playing in a way that's that's helpful as a team, but they ain't very good mm. in this in this setup. Mm. Like when they're not allowed to run wild and they're a bit more restricted, they're struggling a little bit. Yeah. And I've said it before, Rob. The team isn't great. The team yeah. just isn't that good. Whether whatever manager you've got, you haven't. It's not. It's not a team with enough championship, Premier League winning quality to do that. But there's Alex Tellers or Dallo mm. or. Or Fred or McTominay and, and Jaden Sancho has not done enough yet. Rush has been inconsistent. I could go on. You know, it, yeah. it's not that good a team. So people that think, oh, Ragnick, oh, what's changed? It's all the same. A lot of rubbish. Can't beat this. 
all right, get somebody else in and somebody else in. But with this squad of players, can you, all right, can you see anybody else going in there and going, all right, wow, look at this. United look like they're one of the best teams in the league. Well, I don't know the answer. What I would have liked seen is maybe Antonio Conte, because I think he would have been the right kind of guy, but really, you know, he well, might be too crazy. The same answers, Rob. Possibly getting the same answers. But which goes back to my point. A, this is Manchester United, Rob. And people, there's an expectation at Manchester United that that isn't what we're seeing. There's an expectation about attacking plays. There's an expectation about scoring goals, at winning matches, at history that we're not seeing. So so that becomes a problem. This football club also, and and I think you're right within the thing, this football club needs a shake, by the way. It needs a shake. And it needs a shake that there's some players there now who've times come. There's some players there yeah. who are not good enough. There's some players. There's 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 a there's a basis of a team, Rob, that finished second in the Premier League that, with the right additions and the right manager, can start to challenge top four in earnest and grow into something better. But it needs a shake. And until somebody's big enough. And allowed enough to, to make that shake and the structure and the, the, the recruitment's right to make that shake. We are one year off 10 years since Manchester United won a title. 2013, the last title they won. We're 2022 now. We've got one more season and that'll be 10 years. There's a generation of kids who've never seen Manchester United win a title. We grew up with them where they won it every year and every, every other year. There's a group of, play, of people in this, in this and, and even our viewers, since we've owned the rights of, M, uh, of the Premier League at NBC, we haven't seen a Man United team really go close to winning a title. You know, it's funny when you say shake, right? You might have thought, we might have thought, and the fans might have thought that Jose Mourinho was the guy that was going to shake the club up. Mm. And I'm sure he did shake it up. But again, it, it didn't solve the issues. The, I think the bigger problems are with the structure, with the leadership, with the direction, with the ownership. The ownership, Rob. The ownership are overseeing this, this amount of time. <clears throat> if they were that bothered about winning, they would have done more to find the people in the right spots to, to, to make the club win or to go closer. We've all million times talked about directors of footballs, head of football, better recruitment. You know, it... it we talk about this squad should do this, should do that. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen it, you know, from even the Jaden Sancho thing. And he's a young player and he might come into his own. He might get there. But yeah. with that, with Ra- it's like the, the recruitment hasn't been good. And that comes that comes at least higher than the manager, depending on structure. So, yeah, the team needs a shake, but the whole club needs a shake. Yeah. And that, and that yeah. I think, will be possibly under the remit if Ralph Ragnick, if he stays near the club after this season, because it will come down to how the results go under this guy. Yeah. If the yeah. results don't go well, they don't finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be taking direction from Ralph Bragnick in a director of football role or a consultancy role. It will be about between now and the end of the season, mm-hmm. how the team looks. Um, but maybe this is stuff that we've said before, Rob. And then again, you know, I remember saying a million times, good United, bad United. I think under Radnick, it's been less of that, but yeah. it is for the FA Cup because they should have got past Middlesbrough. They didn't take their chances. Um, but I'm not one just yet to really start sticking the knife into Ralph Ragnick about, is he the right guy? I've seen subtle differences, and I think we'll see over the coming weeks uh, and maybe months how he progresses the team and whether individuals within that team can find their best form. I think there's hints of Bruno getting to there now. We know Ronaldo will score goals, given the opportunity. Um and the window, not much happened in the window, was positive, Rob. And, and of course, they've also got problems off the field as well. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about those off the field as well, Rob. Um, on January the 30th, Mason Greenwood was arrested after Greater Manchester Police became aware of images, videos and audio posted on social media by a woman reporting incidents of physical violence. He was released on bail last week pending further investigation. Manchester United have suspended Greenwood from training with or playing for the club until further notice. And then to add to that today, officially, his uh, sportswear sponsor, Nike, have officially dropped him. So um, some real disappointing news, both on and off the field for, for Manchester United and certainly for Mason Greenwood. Um, but we'll, we'll move on up to um, Leicester City, who had some disappointing news as well for them this weekend. 
reigning champions of the of the FA Cup go to to Nottingham Forest. The resurgent voice from Steve Cooper, who started to pick up their form in the Championship. Um, although I don't think any of us saw Nottingham Forest fall last to one. Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is a this is a rivalry game. <clears throat> In East Midlands rivals, isn't it? Yeah, East Midlands. <clears throat> yeah, I mean this. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, caught my throat. Um, yeah, I mean Leicester got battered. Rob got battered early on. Leicester conceded goals. City ground was buzzing. I mean Forest, as we know, and maybe some of our listeners don't. It's a it's a historic, brilliant football club that had great success in the seventies and eighties under Brian Clough. Eighties, yeah, yeah. Um, Thoroughly deserved it. Uh, really, really great. Some good individual players. They're on a run. They've got a manager that's getting very high praise. I think they're going places. The club are excited right now. They're going to try, drive and push to try and get in the Premier League themselves. Um, from Leicester's point of view, Rob, wow. I mean, I, I read the, the, the websites and the newspapers the next day talking about mm. Brendan Rodgers. Maybe that was his last game for Leicester City, which... Mm. I'm not really having just yet, but I, mm. I understand the frustrations of Leicester City fans, Rob. What, what do we, what do we, what do we think about that? I mean, gosh, we know that football changes real quick, and whatever, oh, yeah, <laughs> of, of, of mm. injuries or whatever. If you yeah. go on a run of a mm. couple of months, you can say, "Well, Leicester, yeah. it's been yeah. a disappointing season," but a, a couple of months of really poor, you're in danger of being fired. Now, this guy, mm. I mean, was 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 everything. You know, last it, season, what he mm. did at this Leicester side. Do you really believe that he is under severe pressure from the owners there uh, of his job to get fired? I think based on, on the Premier League, as it sits right now, I'm just looking at the table, I would say there's only two managers, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, who are fireproof from, from, from what you're talking about. I think it, Chelsea, because we know, um, I, I think it, it, in that situation... If if Tuchel lost six games, six on the bounce, six out of eight, something that he'd be under pressure at Chelsea. I think most other managers are the same. I think Brendan Rodgers has raised expectancy levels. I think we all thought this team are improving; they're growing under him. We saw the the fact that he went into the football club. There, I mean, their their record from set pieces, Rob. Is, yeah. is a real is, is something that that's a head scratcher. That's something you can deal with. I watched the goals at the weekend, and 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 Leicester players are more committed to pushing and holding and fouling than they are to heading the ball away. It's almost like why would a why is a coach as, as good as Brendan Rodgers is not being able to address th- th- this issue, a basic issue of a ball being delivered into a box, and every time it happens, it looks like they're going to concede a goal. Yeah, I mean, it could have scored more. They could have conceded yeah. more from set pieces. There's other headers that went wide that yeah. were close. Yeah, I mean, it's something that he dismissed a little bit, Rob, not long ago. I think yeah. it, was flippant, it was a flippant comment yeah. like, listen, everybody can see set pieces. Well, he's had a few of them flippant comments, Rob, that I don't like. Like, the, the Nations League, what's that? And, and you know, apparently took the FA Cup into the dressing room to, to boost the lads. Well, yeah. obviously, that one didn't work. And... I don't know. The, you know, the, the, there's this thought of Brendan. There's, you know, we go back to that time at Liverpool when he had the letters in the in the, the letters in the envelope, and he tried to play things a little bit cute and <laughs> clever. And it's a bit like he doesn't have to be try and be the smartest guy in the room. He's a very, very established quality Premier League coach. Just do your job, yeah. and, and doing his job is making sure his team are prepared for what Nottingham Forest are going to bring. In a local, as you say, East Midlands derby, defending set pieces and playing where Nottingham Forest, Rob, as you say, battered them with a mm. better team. Spencer, young fullback, looks like a player who's going places. Young boy Johnson in midfield, very clever, can get on the ball and make things happen. You know, they had better individual performances than Leicester City. That can't be right. And that can't go on for too long at Leicester, by the way, because since winning the title and since winning the FA Cup, of course, at the football club, expectancy goes up. Yeah, I, I think there's comments afterwards he made, Rob. I think and maybe he has to, to do something, say something, how disappointed he is with the players and whether some of the players had reached their peak, reached the end of the, the line at Leicester, and maybe it's time to move on. I mean, he, 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 I guess he's having to try and fight a little bit, fight out of his corner yeah. with the pressure coming on. I mean, you say about the, about the managers, Rob. I actually got the league table here, right? I've just had a quick look down the table of the Premier League sides. 
Yeah. Everybody's changed their manager. There's nobody under pressure. Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City right now yeah. will be the favourite to lose his job because everybody else on that list, Arsenal, West Ham, United, Chelsea, they're not. They're all good, thank you very much. Burnley, yeah. Yeah. no. Newcastle yeah, have changed. Nice. Watford yeah. have changed. Norwich mm. have changed. Everton have changed. Leeds are happy. Brentford are, are not going to yeah, fire their guy. Palace, Vieira, yeah, Southampton, yeah. Villa. I mean, yeah. it, it's like if you're if you if you if you want to try and find the next guy, <laughs> the, the odds makers, yeah, the race. Yeah, yeah, Brendan will be. A, you know, if they, if they a couple of bad results for them moving forward, and you wouldn't be surprised, would you, that that number just keeps going up? But um, they've got to get back to 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 some league form now and, and start to get things right. Isn't it? Don't they play Liverpool? Is it? Is it? Yeah, they got Liverpool on Thursday at, at Anfield. That's a two forty-five kickoff on USA. So, uh, big game for them to maybe kick back in the gear. Maybe it's a good game to to go to Anfield and, and get a result and at least um, you know put things a little bit to rights after that poor performance. Let's move on to Chelsea, my friend, because uh, FA Cup again is is an important competition for, for Chelsea. I, I think this year. 2-1 winners at Plymouth um, after extra time. Certainly wasn't, I don't think, in the manner that Tuchel and Chelsea would have liked. It was a reasonably strong-looking Chelsea team uh, with Romelu Lukaku leading leading the line. Um, but I wouldn't say particularly leading with, with impressive form right now. I think the team are moving a little bit like Lukaku, struggling to just find their... Their level again at the moment. It's not quite happened for Lukaku since he came back and all that drama with the um, interview and, and the, you know the, the links to Italian football. Well, I think that there's a couple of stories there, Rob. I, I think uh, first of all, the game Kepa saves a penalty mm-hmm. late on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they think the two-one. They think okay, finally we, we'll try and manage this game. They don't have the ability to manage games at the moment as well. Like, yeah, I mean the penalty. Uh, and a really good save from Kepper, who's got a tremendous record of saving yeah. penalties, yeah, yeah. gets them through this tie. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's just it just looks very different now. And back to Lukaku, because I think everybody will agree that the front players, and it's a it's a it's got to be. I think it always has been actually for Tuchel, the hardest bit of trying to get the attacking players to look good, because I don't know about anybody else, the Chelsea fans. I'm starting to get frustrated. Timo Werner, Rob, God. I mean, the times he gave the ball away, the times he made bad decisions not to let a play, the times he had time on the ball and somebody comes behind and nicks the position of him. You can hear the, 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 the Stamford Bridge, the, the fans there, because oh, he makes so many basic errors. He's not a good footballer, Timo Werner. Now, he's, a, he's quick and he's a kind of a pest in, in terms of that pace and he, he yeah. threatens the goal and he's in and around the goal and he looks quick and sometimes he looks to shoot. But as a general footballer, he's not good. And mm. Kai Havertz is another one that, again, we're all waiting for him to explode. Now, maybe it's not them and maybe it's the manager and maybe the slow football doesn't help any of the four players. Back to Lukaku, you know, at the time, and I'm not saying it is the reason why he's been off form and he looks unhappy, but the humiliation, really. I know he should have done the interview. I knew there were things in it that weren't great. I thought it was blown out of all proportion. The apology, the looking into the camera and all this kind of stuff. And I've got to get this. I mean, I don't know how it's affected him, but he doesn't look right. He doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like the man that they thought they were getting in terms of leading the line and, and driving this club forward. My goodness. We all thought that this was a final piece in the jigsaw, that, that Lukaku was going to come back home in some ways to Chelsea, the club that he supported, mm. and really be the guy to take them to the next level. Well, it hasn't happened. You know, The more the, what he has on his side is the other forwards as well haven't done it. Nobody's doing yeah, it in the yeah, yeah. position. And that continues. Well, isn't that why you buy him, Rob? I mean, I hear your point, but I would say before the interview, by the way, his form wasn't great. Well, he got before, a couple he got, yeah, before, well, it came out, Rob, didn't it? Remember he got a couple of goals. He got back in the side from his injury. He scored one, I think, off the bench. He scored the next one. And then the interview came out. And he was left out. It's almost, it's, it was almost like, oh, we go back in now, feel good. Here's a goal. And then, oh, no, actually, you're out of the team. Is that, yeah. would, that, would that derail him? Did you... I mean, listen, of course it could possibly, and, and the reason. But when, when the player that came back that we saw come from Inter Milan, that we saw with a different mindset, with a different look, with a different focus, with almost like this guy's right in the this, in this space. And I know you can be knocked off that, but. That's what he's paid to do, Rob. That's the reason why I'm, I know at the start of the season you said Chelsea might can win the title. 
he could be the point, the difference to make. He's a guy that can join them in. He's a guy that can play on the counter-attack and, and exploit things. All those things are still within his armoury. So are we saying that he's mentally not strong and enough why, to... Why hasn't he done it then? Why no, hasn't I, it happened? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... Maybe he wasn't quite the, the player or the thing. I didn't go for Chelsea to win the title for the very reason that I think, and I've always said, I think Lukaku's streaky. I think he has great periods when he gets five, six goals in four or five games and he's flying and he's on top. And I also see games where, at times, you talk about Timo Werner and that, sometimes his build-up play is not good enough. Yeah, for a top-class centre-forward in a, in a top-three team that's going for a title, his centre-play play, his build-up play, his join-up play, and these are all the things that we, we, we were told and led to believe it got better in his time into where yeah. it was different with, 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 with the defenders. I don't necessarily. See, I haven't necessarily seen that with my eyes at, at the moment, Rob. And, and when you think and about so, the strikers, we we'll move on in a second. But like, yeah. we all know about Jogba, but even Diego Costa, like a winner. Yeah, like yeah. these are strikers that have done yeah. it at Chelsea, that have that have bossed that line. Have been yeah. the proper number nine, and they've won titles. Mm. And and why not Lukaku? But maybe maybe he just isn't the same quality as those players. And and again, the expectations of the club and the fans. Are expecting to do that, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they they kick on for this season. Um, but no, they're through anyway. Through to the next round of the FA Cup. They travel to Luton Town in the next round. Um, yeah, you think there's a chance? Do you think there's a chance of just on that? Just before we move on with that, you know, the the, the Lukaku stuff that came out. That you know, he unfinished business with Inter. Do you think there's a chance at a club like Chelsea they might just cash in on him? I don't think so, and, and, unless unless he's deeply unhappy. But why would mm. why why should he be deeply unhappy? Well, that's you why know? I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. But he, he isn't he isn't playing like a happy footballer. No, he isn't. And, and that would be a worry to me for Chelsea because I'm not getting the best of him for Lukaku because he's not getting the best out of himself. I mean, let's keep an eye on things. Champions League still to come, and, and competitions. You know, they're still in the FA FA Cup um, to play. But um, yeah, you know. Romelu Lukaku has not quite done what we, we thought, you know, at this stage we hit the second half of the season for Chelsea uh, to push him really towards those top two, who, which was the reason why I think he was bought. Right, let's move it on to a club uh, and fans that right now are, are buzzing again. And they're, and they're a roller coaster club. I'm talking <laughs> about Everton. And we're going to talk about some of the transfers that happened in January a little later, but yeah. I think we should address the the Everton story right now in terms of that, Rob. This is a brilliant mm-hmm. win for them. 4-1 yeah. against Brentford. Obviously, Premier League opposition. Um, and no question, Goodison Park approve of Frank Lampard, the new manager going in there. Uh, I mean, really good energy, really good football. There was excitement about the place. I've listened to phone-ins. I've listened to Everton fans that that are so kind of happy with this change. The football is better. The atmosphere, the vibe around the stadium was better. Now, Mm -hmm. I've seen this before. (laughs) And Everton fans probably know with tongue-in-cheek, like, yeah, we have seen this before. It is only one game. Frank Lampard jumping on the sideline, punching (laughs) the air. Something so different to the the previous two managers, for sure. Um, So, well done, Everton, on this, this game. But let's rewind a little bit, Rob. And we know that this job was was there's a few different guys in yeah, there. Rob, yeah. they went to Roberto Martinez that Belgium wouldn't release for Everton, and then they go to the next tier. Um, what do you think of the appointment, my friend? And, and how Frank is he ready to step mm. into a job that I think we both agree is a is a flipping difficult one? It is a difficult job. Um... When you're coming back into the Premier League, I don't think there's any easy ones. Frank had come in at Chelsea and, and obviously uh, got sacked uh, halfway through just before Christmas when Tuchel came in. So he was always going to come at, have to come in at, at a level below that where he's going to have to prove himself, which he's going to have to do at this football club. I kind of like it. I think it's going to be a tough job, but I think he needs a tough job. I think people sort, sort of felt with Frank... A bit like Frank, the player, the more I think about it. Oh, he got an easy ride because his, his dad was a player and he got in with, with Harry and he played football. And people used to almost go like, 
Well, we only got picked at West Ham because Harry and, and his dad were, were, were family and blah, 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 blah. Frank was an, an outstanding player and went on to have a brilliant, brilliant career. Frank Lampard, the manager, now has to roll his sleeves up, get his hands dirty, learn his trade, go through the rigour and work with a group of players, Rob, who can be hugely inconsistent. And it's the reason why managers in the past, and there's a list of them, one a year virtually for the last eight years, have not been able to get this right. He's got to show that he can bring a level of consistency. What does that mean? Top eight? Somewhere round about there on a regular on a regular basis. Cup run. Going deep into a cup competition, maybe getting to a final would be great. This club haven't won a, uh, uh, at any silverware for some time. The 4-1 win's helpful. Show we can man-manage, Rob. There was questions being asked of Frank in the dressing room and sort of falling out with one or two players that have question marks about the man-manager, the tactician when the game was being played and what changes he made. Did he make them quick enough? Did he alter the, the, the way a game went? I think there's all these questions, and I think he's at a good-sized club and a challenging club to prove us, is he a really good Premier League manager or is he living off Frank Lampard, the name, a really good player? Yeah. Uh, what worries me when you say he's learning his, he's learning his trade, I mean, it's a difficult club to be learning your trade as a manager. In an ideal world, in my opinion, a more experienced manager might have a better chance of success. Now, I, I know I can, I can know what people are going to react. Well, hang on a minute. We've had experienced managers and it hasn't worked for one reason or another. I desperately want this to work, Rob, and I desperately want to feel good about this appointment. I desperately want the Everton fans to be excited, which they are. But my, there's something niggling in the back of my brain that's saying, He's only been a manager like for two and a half. I think he's only managed teams for two and a half years. A really reasonable, good job at Derby County and a really good job at Chelsea initially. And then the second year, of course, at Chelsea lost his way and a manager comes in with the same group and makes them so much better. You talked about the the maybe issues in the dressing room. He looked miserable, didn't he, at the club when things weren't turning around. We didn't see We didn't see the signs of improvement. He lost his job. And we're asking this guy to go into a, a very difficult club uh, at the moment mm. with a with a squad that's been inconsistent. There's a few older players there. There's a few young ones coming through, which is going to be good maybe for him with his with the, with the way he develops younger players. I I want to really like this appointment, Rob, but I I can't I can't not say that I've still got concerns whether once we get the honeymoon period away, Rob, over the next mm. two or three four weeks, he's got the ability, the talent the charisma to regularly consistently improve this team and that's what they want now what i would say is and we'll get on to talk about the signings richardson is back i see dominic yeah. cavalloon is back training robbie's gonna be okay for the next game you've got two very interesting signings on donny van der beek and uh and delhi ali of course yeah really interesting signings now that and frank lampard's feel good factor the win in the fa cup i feel that's going to give the club a real boost rob and, mm. and, and a team a, the team a boost I just, I can't sit here and say this is a great appointment. I really think, because mm. I, I, I just don't believe that he's ready for mm. such a difficult job with expectations in a, in a brilliant club like Everton. I'm, I hear your point and, and, and I don't disagree with, with, with the sentiment of what you're saying. I, my, my question would be, Rob, well, what job is the right job where he can go and he feels it's right? Which job's going to be not necessarily easier, because it's not about being easy or harder. Which job suits? When you're in the Premier League and you've been out as long as Frank, sometimes you've got to jump, Rob. You've got to take one. Now, you take a Norwich. Palace. Maybe will go Palace. down. Palace. Yeah, apparently he was in for Palace. Palace didn't, for whatever reason, that didn't work out, unfortunately. But yeah, Palace is, is maybe a good shot. A Southampton, people might say, is, is kind of a good shot, where less pressure. But... I think what, what Frank has, the upside to Frank, a bit like Stevie G going in at, at Aston Villa, and maybe you could say Stevie's got a bit more experience, but not that much more And he was up in Scotland, is you're a club that can is a substantial football club. Yeah. If things start going well for you, that you're at a substantial big football club. And, and that, I think that's the attraction to, to Frank. I think it's the opportunity to Frank. And I think he's going to show he's learned. I think his backroom staff's better. 
I think uh, Neil Clement coming in has been a great number number two to good good managers around, a bit more experience. Um, I think he'll. I think Frank will learn from some of the time out, out of football. I think he'll be reflective. I think he's an intelligent guy. He'll understood that he made some mistakes and, and, and he can learn from them. Um, I I, I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it, I've got, I've got to be honest. I, I would say as well, Rob, I know Vita Pereira was in for it, wasn't it? The, the former yeah, Porto yeah. managers won, won trophies and stuff and, and the fans mm. didn't want him. I would agree that people could scream at the podcast and say, well, who then? Well, who? Because yeah. we've had all sorts of people. Yeah. And I yeah, get yeah. that. Yeah. And Frank Lampard is a younger manager. I'm mm. sure he's hungry. I'm sure he, he's desperate. Well, I, we, we, we know he's going to be desperate to do well. Yeah. He's changed his team, Rob. Uh, Jody Morris is not involved this time. No, this no, he's not involved. Chelsea's yeah. brought different people mm. in. Yeah. I think you talked about Clement, Paul Clement. The, yeah, Paul Clement, not Neil. Yeah, Paul the, Clement. The, yeah. The, his experience yeah. in terms of managing. So he's, mm. he's shaken up the team a little bit. Um, and it's not easy to, to select somebody, you know, to f- pick somebody at this club at this moment when they're yeah, near the bottom. Yeah. You're going to want to know the Premier League, I think. Um, so I get is not a ton of good candidates. And it, it may be, you know, in terms of what's available right now, maybe he's a really good choice. I just I just got my my doubts whether he's ready to 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 turn this club that needs turning around, mm. you know. I, 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 but again, we'll see. I, I'd love to be totally wrong here and Everton go on a run. You know, the new players gel, mm. the signings come in that improve the team and they get to the top eight like you're talking about. Um, wow. You know, that that's... And, and in some ways, Rob, you're right. That That's the litmus test. Like, if he can yeah. turn this club next year to top eight... Then that's well done, Frank. That's well done, Frank. Do you, do you know who should be his his mentor, his vision at the moment? The guy who used to manage this football club, David Moyes. Look what he's yeah. done at West Ham United and bought that inconsistent group that were not united and you never knew quite where you were. Look what he's bought to that. If Frank can bring that element to Everton, they might, they might not win the title. They might not win an F, uh, the FA Cup. But if he can bring that kind of level back to Everton, where you know what you're getting. It's a team that those fans can be proud of. That's a great job. But we'll see, mate. These players hey, Rob, time before, coming up. Before we mm-hmm. before we move on to other January yeah. signings, yeah. let's get a little detail. Let's get a little line on Delhi and mm-hmm. and oh, Delhi and Donny. Donny yeah. Delhi and Donny, the, the new signings that, let's be honest, have not produced what we all might expect. Yeah. A manager that yeah. there's a bit of a doubt whether Frank's ready. Yeah, yeah. Now, you bring the manager and two players. Is it mm. Everton hoping and reaching for these individuals to get their best? Mm. Or are they going to be ultimately, my friend, disappointed mm. when Delhi doesn't do it and Van der Beek mm. isn't as good as everybody thought in this Premier League? Mm. I'm Again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Sounds like I am a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I, I am excited to see Van der Beek mm. and, and Deli yeah. Ali and Decore and Allen in that midfield and Richarlison and um, Damari Gray and, mm. and Calvert-Lewin. I mean, this yeah. is a good-looking team. It's a good player, isn't it? Yeah. So because Delhi. What do you expect? Really, from well, well, it's a good point, and, and you still off the January window, uh, transfer window chat because we haven't really spoke uh, since then. So we'll, we'll just run through a few clubs and, and starting with Everton. The first thing I would say, Rob, is, is, is the, the interesting point I think you you make is Delhi at his best or Danny Van der Beek at his best probably wouldn't be wouldn't be in Everton colours. It, it, there's a reason why they're at Everton because they're, they've been at so-called and we'll say inverted commas bigger clubs and they've not. It's not happened. Delhi, we've known over the last few years. Danny Van der Beek just hasn't looked like he's had the opportunities for whatever reason at Manchester United, and that's a reason they're in there. And they are they are almost your archetypal Everton player that if this club can go well and those players can perform to the best. They're going to look like great signings and we're going to be saying great things. And if it doesn't go so well, we're saying, well, that's why he's at Everton. Because that's, you know, the, the players who we'd always say not quite good enough for the, the top four or top six, they'd be good at Everton. We always throw them into Everton because that's that club that's a big enough club, great fan base, you know, has, has had some great players and great history, but right now can't really get Category A players. So we have to get a Category B plus and shine them up again and get them up into into A. And that's really what Frank's done. I heard a really interesting thing yesterday, Rob, and I, I wanted to bring it on the podcast, that 
apparently, I think it was Glenn Hoddle and somebody else had said about Delhi, like a bit about his style and a bit about you know you know the, the the social media and I think the car he drives and one two things and a bit like you know I'm not sure where his head is on football and uh, Frank came out and said something I thought was really interesting where he said this young group of players you have to handle them and he said. I know he, you know, he's got the hairstyle now and he's got the car and he's got his social media and maybe likes his fashion. You know what? And that's okay if his football's good. If his football's right, if his focus is good, he comes in every day to work and improve. He can drive what he wants and dance how he wants and do what he wants with his hair. If, if that isn't good, then I'll come down on him on other things. And I just thought that's current understanding of, 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 of the today's player. It, it, it's man management, which I think Delhi will enjoy being at a big club. And I like where Frank started off. I don't think he's going to go where, Delhi, you've got to do this and you've got to be in time. I think he's understanding that Delhi is a different personality than maybe a Decoure D- or an managers, Different managers. And you've got to manage them in different ways. Yeah, now, no young manager who was probably a, 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 an idol of, of Delhi Ali who's seen play, who watch play, who's seen thing, has managed him in this way. Frank can come from a different place. Yeah, yeah, he, he can. And the midfield, uh, I mean, my goodness, if there's somebody to try sure. and help him to sure. score goals in midfield, Frank Lampard's the yeah. best that we've ever seen, really. I mean, yeah. uh, top scorer at Chelsea, of course, Van der yeah. midfield player, likes to create. I looked yeah. at his numbers at Ajax, always had good goals, Rob, and good assists. Yeah. I know it's a different league, um, but, but it, it is exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And I'm... You know, of all the games coming up over the next few days, Rob, I, I want to see Everton play. I, yeah. I, you know, of course, they're cup-tied for the FA Cup, so when I watched Everton, mm. it wasn't involved in those two players. But it's just going to be fascinating, and that's why we love the game. Like, Delhi, yeah. the talent, can he get back to it? Three or four managers have tried, and he's gone off the boil. Can Frank get him going? So, yeah, I mean, tons to look forward to for Everton. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to be – I just, you know – I want it to work at Everton because I think we all know there's a lot of US fans of this football club in, yeah. in, in this country and have been frustrated and disappointed. But maybe now with those signings, mm. good performance, it can spark into life again. Let's see how how, yeah. how long that, that kind of feel-good factor can, can last. Let's move on to the other team in Merseyside, my friend, uh, who did a little bit of business. I don't think it was expected at, at one point. Luis Diaz came into the football club. Um, showed already what he can do, a little assist, I think, at the weekend in, in the FA Cup. A little bit of surprise that they did the business with it under a little maybe pressure. There was talk about one or two other clubs looking or whether they need to go and get this business done, Rob. Yeah, well, I think my understanding is that the Liverpool mm. were going to try and buy him in the summer. Yeah. And with Spurs coming in from in January, mm. I think that pushed them along the process. And I guess the ownership backed the club, like, okay, this is the guy that you want. Let's do it now. And Luis Diaz is obviously signed for Liverpool. 3-1 against Cardiff City at Anfield over the weekend, the FA Cup. Uh, was involved in a little bit of good skill on the sideline, yeah. in, involved in that in that yeah. goal. And he looks he looks, he looks, looks good. I mean, Liverpool's yeah. transfer stuff over the last few years have been pretty blimmin' pretty good. good it? I mean, yeah. Diogo Jota, of course, was somebody that people knew was a good player, but didn't mm. realise what he was capable of and spotted the potential in, in that player. And yeah. it's the same here. Best player in the mm. Portuguese league, Rob. Looked at his numbers, yeah. brilliant numbers, yeah. like 14 goals in something like 19. Again, you look at the history. He's only kind of still a fairly young player, but his numbers have been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. A, a, a left forward in Sadio Mane's position that could mm. come in. And, Sad, yeah. you know, it got me thinking, Rob, I watched Liverpool game. And brilliant news for Harvey Elliott, by the way. Yeah, I love to see him back, on it? Yeah, I love it. Great to see him yeah. back. What yeah. a talent he is as well, by mm. the way, in that great midfield. Goal, it? Yeah. And it, it sort of gets you to think, Rob, when you think about what's happening in Liverpool, mm. and we know that the, the star players in the front three, the traditional front three, were getting a little older. Yeah. And all of a sudden, well, you've got brilliant fullbacks at a good age. You've got a, yeah. a tremendous goalkeeper and centre-back. Mm. Maybe, you know, with the others, there can be a, a really good back four there. But... With Diogo Jota, with Luis Diaz, yeah. with Harvey Elliott, with yeah. uh, Curtis Jones, you know, mm. you're starting to see a little, yeah, progression. Mm. The next Liverpool team, a little bit. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, isn't going to change it overnight. No, no. What a good job! And again, it's way early yet, but it, yeah. It, yeah. quietly building for the future yeah. and the yeah. transition into another team that he's going to 
be excited about and the fans are going to be excited about. Harvey yeah. Elliott yeah. could be a star player for many years. Curtis Jones, I don't know how you feel about him. Yeah. Whether he's going to be good enough to be one of the starting players in that midfield we, three with the Fabian. We need to sit, we need to find out, don't we? But you see me you see moments of Curtis Jones. I think it was one of the Champions League games he played in. He was outstanding, yeah. Rob. Outstanding. He was AC yeah. Milan or something. He almost ran the game. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a, of course, there's a big top gap at the top of the Premier League. Yeah. Liverpool, yeah. right? Again, players coming back from the African Cup of Nations now. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll chat about that real quick at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I, if you're a Liverpool fan, mm. you've got to be, you've got to be pretty happy right now, mate. The way the yeah. team's playing, the way mm. that the recruitment's kind of slowly moving forward, yeah. and. They're getting the best players back. There's not many injuries. The COVID thing is easing off now. Mm. They'll they'll feel that they can put a, yeah. they can yeah. put a run of wins together, mate. That, that might add a little bit more pressure mm. on City. So I just yeah. I know it's only Cardiff, and I know Luis Diaz has just started, but I, mm. I thought there's some good signs to Liverpool for the end of this season and on. Yeah, and where we talked about Manchester United, and sometimes can't quite see the joined up thing, and you kind of start to see yeah. what. Liverpool are doing and how they're trying to build and amass this group of players. It's interesting, Klopp's already said Luis Diaz will need his time because we know he doesn't just throw people in there, like to get them training, like to get them up to speed and at the level that, that he wants at the scene. But another excited uh, signing for Liverpool, as you say. Let's talk about Spurs. They made a couple of signings in, in the window. I think Antonio Conte would have liked more, but Ventiker and Kulusevski, is it? Kulusevski, um, who, who came in, the Swedish player. And Benteke, the Uruguayan sort of midfield player, known from Ju- Juventus and Italian football. Um, decent signings, kind of solid citizens. What you'd think Antonio Conte might need at the moment? Yeah, I think, obviously, they've gone back to the club that they know. Yeah. Fabio Paratici, 11 years mm-hmm. at Juventus, Rob. He's gone yeah. back to that club. He failed on a couple of players. Luis Diaz, of course, they missed out mm-hmm. on. A couple of others he missed out on. But Bentancourt, I've, I've watched him play quite a lot of times. Always liked him. Remember playing for Uruguay, his national yeah. team. He's a footballer, mate. He's busy. Yeah. He's going to get on the ball. He's going to try and dictate. He's going to try and play. Well, one or two say, Rob, that he can be a bit negative. He can go a bit square and sideways, not quite, not quite. You know, looking to to, to play people through and take I don't risks. Think so. No, not not the Bentacor that I've seen before. I heard a couple of Juventus uh, again, regret- just trying to pick. You're trying to pick up a little bit of uh, what people are saying out there. What kind yeah, of player well, is he? Is he keep... I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe I, I, I haven't seen that. I've seen a progressive mm. midfield player that's a bit, yeah. you know, he, he he's involved. He's fired up. Um, mm. I did watch the game, Brighton 3-1 at the weekend. Um, Kuluzewski, yeah, lefty, plays on the right-hand side, yeah. comes inside. Steady Eddie, a younger mm. player. I think he's on loan with an option to buy yeah. uh, for a good amount of money. And he, he came into the game. Both of the new players came in the, the FA Cup match and looked all right. Looked all right. I mean, yeah. they're probably not going to set the Premier League on fire. But, mm-hmm. you know, Spurs are at a point where they want to... And he said it himself. Yeah. There's a big gap. Yeah. We've got to close this gap. Yeah. And he's made a couple of signings. Paratici is going to be... But it, 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 they know each other from working at Juventus. Yeah. They did great stuff, stuff there in the transfer mm-hmm. market. These are two, plus a centre-back. I didn't buy the centre-back, did they? can't remember his name now. Uh, Christian? No, no. Romero. Oh, Romero. Romero. Romero's Romero's got, yeah, he's, he's injured, isn't he? Yeah. I think I'm it was thinking. a Paratici signing, wasn't he? I think it, yeah, I think yeah, it was a Paratici yeah, signing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, exciting, exciting to see these mm. players and how they settle into the Spurs uh, lineup. Yeah. Let's look at the big two clubs. So, Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, it was less, less about signings, more about who went out the door for, for both these clubs. Um United uh, losing Anthony Martial, Danny Van der Beek went out, out the door. From Arsenal's point of view, Aubameyang eventually uh, signs for, for Barcelona and, and they get him away. Um, Arsenal mutually terminated the contract in that one. You kind of felt that he was always going to head in, in that direction, Rob, with, with Arteta and Aubameyang just looking like it was never going to come back together. Yeah, again, I think it's a shame. I mean, it's obviously, mm. you know, it's interesting some of the quotes from Obama Yang saying that, you know, yeah, he wasn't it was happy. Just him and, yeah. Yeah, Arteta wasn't happy. You know, I, I've read things, Rob, about previous managers with Obama Yang. I think it was actually Thomas Tuchel, Rob, that was quoted as saying, yeah, yeah he's kind of the way he is what he is. We tell him, mm. we tell him at meetings at 145, it's actually at two o'clock. It's the way yeah, he rolls yeah. a little bit. He's, he's a bit, you know, he's not <laughs> great at that. But, I mean, he scored goals for, for his previous teams yeah. and, and all of a sudden the manager's come that doesn't mm. want that. 
for whatever reason. It might be the right reasons with the younger players there. But Fallout yeah. wants him out of the club. He's gone and he's gone to Barcelona. Mm. You know, I think he's going to score more goals. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of players left. Arsenal, mm. a lot of young ones leave, left in the club. Yeah, just leave a little bit short. I mean, I suppose in some respect, Arteta can't win. People talk about he needs a bit of a clear out, needs a bit of a freshen up. He does that, and then others are criticising that we haven't got we haven't got players. I mean, most of the players who are left were not really playing on a regular basis, and he's probably freed up a bit of space with with money, um, salaries, you know opportunity to really focus on the summer now. The summer becomes really important for Arsenal. Listen, I I understand people, the fans kind of uh, worries a little bit. Yeah. I think we both know, Rob, how hard it is sometimes to get rid of players, mm. to get them off the yeah. wage bill. Yeah. And I think at Arsenal, my goodness, they, I mean, over the last 12 months or 18 months, yeah. they they have cleared the decks. Mm. And yeah, in an ideal world, they, they maybe like to have a striker, um, or the boy from Fiorentina started started scoring yeah. goals at Juve straight away. Flavich, yeah, yeah, Dusan yeah. is going to be a star. He's mm. going to be a star striker. He went to Juventus, scored I think at the weekend. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing to clear out the ones that you you don't want. I mean, some yeah. are on loan, I believe. But uh, yeah, same with Manchester United. There's a lot mm. of there's a lot of players. They they need to trim a little bit, yeah. and then the owners yeah. will be happier to put money in in January in, in the mm. summer up to 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 retool again, if you like. So yeah. not ideal. But I, I don't mind it because getting mm. these wages off the salary bill, it, it's not easy. And, you know, I, I think it's, for the most part, some good business there. Yeah. Newcastle was always going to be the, the talk of this transfer window, signed uh, by the Saudi investment fund. Everybody was looking at January as them splashing big money. Um, they got numbers in, Rob, in the end. Guimaraes, Byrne, Target, Trippier and Wood. Not sure those were all the names that we would have thought before uh, the deadline, but they've got bodies in. And I heard Callum Wilson is what off crutches at the moment, so they're hoping that towards the end of the season he might be fit because he, he obviously would be like a new signing to them. But decent business for Eddie Howe in Newcastle, or still a few concerns? Well, I think there is a, a few concerns still, but I think it's decent business. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're always going to bring players in. I did yeah. expect. I did expect a, you know, a bit more quality, a bit more star quality, bit more. Yeah, I mean, headline. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the need for numbers. Bruno Gamaris, Rob, uh, the Brazilian youngster midfield player. He's a player. He, he's yeah. a good. He's a good footballer. Yeah. He's a he's a busy little midfield player. Skillful, can play, can mm. dribble. He's a good player. The fans are going to yeah. like. Of course, yeah, yeah. like every player coming into the league, the, the, mm. the physicality, the intensity, is, it will be a concern because it's a million miles an hour, even though even though sometimes you don't notice that on, on a TV. Um, but being there and playing in it, my goodness, it is physical. So he, he, he's got to get used to that. Dan Byrne, yeah, you know, versatile. Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. Eddie Steady Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Um, Chris Wood. Like, hopefully he'll get the goals that they need. Kieran Trippier is a good, a very good yeah, signing. Good signing, yeah. But I mean, they got they got to start improving, mate, quickly. Yeah, he's fined up the squad, hasn't he? But now it's about results, really. I think was it they got uh, Everton at home tomorrow? Actually, Everton yeah. at home tomorrow. You know, got to start getting some wins now, aren't they? You know, the window's shut now. This is what you've got to go with. Eddie's got to find a way of getting some three points and, and getting them out away from that bottom three. Yeah, two wins in two wins in twenty one mm. matches for yeah, Newcastle yeah. this season. They've got new players. There's a there'll be a bit of a swagger about them. There's a bit of a feel good around St James's Park. Yeah, yeah, it's all about wins for them now. Yeah, let's talk of just um, one more sort of important signing that was made during this transfer window. Christian Eriksen comes back to the Premier League and Brentford, Rob, and he hasn't played since suffering that cardiac arrest. I think we all remember during the Euros in 2020. Um, I mean, this, obviously, I think he's playing with the pacemaker now, and and, and that's part of. I think it's a defibrillator, have... Rob. It's one of those. It's a, it's a defibrillator. Ah, yeah, so I think I think it's a defibrillator, myself... where oh, it just okay. if, if something happens to the heart again, it, it yeah. automatically so I... kicks in or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think da- I think mm. um, Daily Blin plays with a, with one as oh. well. Oh um, yeah, more like a pacemaker. I was I was led to believe. It, but I, I heard yeah. it. Was gonna, I don't know. It's, um, it's not the two. It's I'm not. It's not Doctor Two Robbies. It's the two Robbies. But yeah, he's obviously got something um, to, to to try and protect him from that. I mean, yeah. what any worries, Rob, with this? I, I feel I don't know something feels a bit awkward to me about it. I love to see him back. 
I love him having the opportunity to continue his career, and it's great that he's back in England. But I've got to be honest, my head, my mind goes back to those scenes and, and the, what, what happened in the years, and I can't kind of lose that vision. I've got to be honest. No, I know what you mean, mate. And I, I think we all felt the same thing when you heard the mm. story. Serie A rules yeah. doesn't allow players to play with mm. this device, you yeah. know, in his heart or on his heart. Mm. Um, the Premier League rules are different. We know that uh, Thomas Frank has a relationship with Christian Eriksen. I think he coached him, Rob, in the, in the, in the national team yeah. in the 17s. National team with Denmark. Yeah. With Denmark. Yeah. Uh, tons of Dan- Danish players in that football club. So I guess mm. if there's a, a club that were... That, that might be suited. It, it is Brentford. It's a, it's a yeah. sensational bit of news. My good, mm. I can't I can't get my head around the fact <laughs> he's going to be playing yeah. for Brentford. But uh, listen, I'm sure he's done a, a million tests. I'm sure yeah, Brentford Football so. Club that yeah. seem a really well run mm. club have made sure that this is as safe as it as it should be to start Premier League uh, action. But yeah. I, I I know what you mean. Like, after uh, this is you know life and death stuff. Oh, where yeah. wow. I, we just got to trust the medical side. Yeah, of yeah. That it, it, it's it's going to be okay. But what a, yeah. I mean, what a, yeah. what a signing for the club if if he can get back mm. to and, and why wouldn't he? I mean, oh, can you yeah. imagine his desire to play again and and try and get back to a top level? I mean, a really, really interesting player to watch at this club yeah. now for the remaining weeks of this season. Yeah, great bit of business for, for Brentford and, and fingers crossed everything goes in the right direction for Christian Eriksen. Just before we go, mate, uh, uh, we, um, we'll wrap there on, on the transfer for window. window. Obviously, we'll, we'll look at new signings and how they go in the, the second half of the season. A little ma- mention for the African Cup of Nations because it was going on. We haven't really spoke since then. The game finished 0-0. Senegal versus Egypt. So, we had... Sadio Mane against Mo Salah, um, you know, two big names, huge names for Liverpool playing on either side. Senegal go and win it, 4-2 on penalties, uh, Mane getting the winning goal, having missed one in, in the game, or the goalkeeper coming up with a good save, actually, in in, in normal time. But, uh, I mean, great scenes for, 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 for either of these nations to have won, but great scenes for Senegal, who, who first time winning a, at the African Cup of Nations and, and, and you know, what it means, you just sometimes I don't think we we can't you know understand what it means to, to these to these nations to win this trophy. Well, absolutely right, and I think we 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 heard it, Rob, in a in a quote mm. that I read this morning from Sadio Mane saying, "This is the best day in my life. This yeah. is the most important mm. thing I've ever won." Like he he said, "I've won Champions League. I've won other trophies. This is it. This means everything to me." Yeah. And I think it's. That's a powerful statement and a reminder to all football fans that yeah. representing yeah. your country and, mm. and and listen, you you did it and played in a, yeah. in a World mm. Cup. Mm. I would have I would have flipping stamp. I would have I would have run through a brick wall to play for England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got to be so much pride in, in those players, and you saw it there with Sadio Mane. He gets yeah. the winning penalty. Yeah. Mo Salah is on the fifth penalty. Doesn't mm. get to take one, which is controversial in itself. Yeah. Shouldn't you have your best player taking one? Hey, not, well, yeah. you know, the fourth would have to be. I mean, yeah. you don't second, second often and fourth, get the fourth yeah. penalty not mattering. Like mm. that, that would be the one. So there's there's controversy about that. But in terms of you know the Senegal, we saw some of the scenes and celebrations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and 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 these African players. I mean, it means everything, Rob. It means yeah. everything to them and their where they came yeah. from that they leave to go and play football in Europe or wherever yeah. they go. Um, Brilliant. It's really interesting when I, I did an interview with Patrick Vieira um, recently and he talked about, you know, that the players were leaving. He had a couple of players leaving out. The, the, um, Yudnayu and, and uh, Kuyate were leaving and, and Wilfred Zaha. And, and, he, and he was saying that, you know, I think sometimes in Europe and, and around, we, we, don't, we, we don't give enough justice to uh, credit to to the players who want to go and represent those athletes because it means as much to them as it does for t- players playing for England and he said I have absolutely no worry about my players going away and they've got to go away and, and, and represent their countries in the way we, we sign them as, as African players we know they're African players we should be pleased that they're going there and he, and he made a big point of saying that we've got to give it a little bit more respect the African Cup, Cup of Nations and that it, that it means as much to African players as any European Championship yeah. or World Cup does for, 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 for players in other parts of the world. No, I think I think, I think he's absolutely right, Rob. It mm. doesn't get the 
publicity no. maybe mm-hmm. the, the time of year that it is yeah. i don't know yeah but i mean he should know i mean chaco koate rob is on the senegal team you know there's a lot yeah. of premier league players in that team it's a good mm. team the chelsea yeah. goalkeeper plays in that team yeah. and it's mendy in midfield next mm. to next to koate i think in the yeah. middle of the yeah. park yeah. i mean apart from mane it's 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 uh and idrissa ghana idrissa ghana yeah. course, it was everton yeah. who's yeah. moved yeah. away PSG. now psg mm-hmm. i mean it was a good i mean we know them because a lot of premier league players in this team yeah but great, great for a different team mm. to win this competition. Yeah. Great to see the celebrations. Great for Sadio Mane. Brilliant player. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. legend of a player. Yeah. And does so much work back in Africa as well, Rob, you know, with his foundation. I think puts money into hospital and school kids. And, and a lot of these players are earning good money in, in, in Premier League football and giving back to, to people yeah. back home. So, so it's great that, that he gets rewarded. And as you say, I'm sure... He'll have a party or two, a drink or two, and then go back to things at Liverpool. I think Jurgen yeah. Klopp wants him and Mo Salah back for, for the Leicester game. Listen, mate, we wrap it up there ahead of a great week uh, here in California, ahead of the Super Bowl. Some really important fixtures coming up in the Premier League at both ends of the table. We'll be back on Thursday. So that's this Thursday, February the 10th, when we'll recap all the midweek games. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies, and we're in California. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe and stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. <laughs>